But as we already pointed out in the very beginning, spin has also two other characteristics, which I would like to introduce now. The one is that spin refers to the fact that style and packaging prevails over the content of information, and that it refers to an institutionalization of a culture of control in political communication. Now, personally, I would prefer to treat these two characteristics, style and packaging plus cultures of control, as separate from the one we discussed so far. And the main reason is that I think the latter two do not necessarily imply a negative development in political communication. So let's first look at spin as a communication strategy in which style of presentation and packaging of arguments prevails over its substance. Spin as emphasising the importance of style and packaging goes right back and is a development from the concerns of ancient and medieval rhetoricians. They recognised that political speech and communication, like all speech and communication, can be done better or worse. Some speakers put their case across well and others mumble into their shoes and ramble. Everyone has heard good and bad wedding reception speeches, for instance. What the ancient and medieval rhetoricians did was to make a science and an art of the techniques and skills of oratory and eloquence, specifying in manuals things like repetition, appealing to the audience, sarcasm, and showing how an argument could be linked to an agreed principle as ways of using language to convince an audience. They weren't spin doctors, but just concerned with maximising the resources of language use and argument to persuade a particular audience. Yes, but to some extent the mass media has changed this a little bit, I think, and the focus is now more on sound bites rather than on extensive use of rhetorics. But of course sound bites share the idea with the old rhetorics, that form of presentation is very important, and possibly more so than providing evidence that the policy works. For example, the statement that you already referred to, poison in the diplomatic bloodstream, it's a good soundbite, but it's not really developing a rhetorical argument. So you're saying that spin is also tied up with a marketization of politics in which images of leaders getting the right soundbite into the news media, etc., predominate over thorough debates about the reasons for and consequences of policies. In other words, the substance of political argument is subordinated to the presentation of the argument. To me, this seems to reinforce the idea that spin is actually something we should not welcome in politics. This meaning seems to reinforce the negative connotations. I agree that letting form or style dominate over substance is not the same as saying that political communicators are dishonestly manipulating evidence. But we can agree, can't we, that debating the substance of politics is preferable to launching soundbites. In ideal world, yes. Then politics should consist of different people, with different opinions, debating evidence and values so as to come up with a credible and good policy. And the public can then make an informed choice. However, who of us has time and actually does spend a lot of time listening to extensive debates on policy questions? Politicians have also to capture and convince a wider audience. Not everyone will listen to Radio 4 or watch Newsnight. 
where there is some space for more elaborate reflection on evidence and policy context. Many of us prefer listening to Radio 1 or Classic FM, for example, precisely because the emphasis is not on elaborate explanation and discussion of politics. Politicians do have to engage with these listeners too, and a soundbite and nice packaging are then important to capture attention and to get to the heart of the message across. Let's, for example, listen quickly to Radio 1 Newsbeat and to Radio 4. Radio 1 Newsbeat. For days now, Tony Blair's been on a desperate mission to get UN backing for war against Iraq, but now it looks like he's accepted it's not likely to happen. The PM says he has still got some hope left, but Britain and America look like they're going to war alone, and it could be just days away. Downing Street has reacted with barely concealed fury to France's blunt rejection of Britain's last-ditch diplomatic initiative on Iraq. This morning, Paris dismissed outright the idea of setting Saddam Hussein a series of disarmament tests. In London, with the prospect growing of a war without a United Nations mandate, the Cabinet met for the first time since the International Development Secretary, Claire Short, threatened to resign over the issue. Politically speaking, the soundbite is the key message that the government gets across in both radio channels. But more importantly, the soundbite is not just empty communication, simply aimed at giving the right impression or at capturing attention. It's also about controlling the terms of the debate. So in that sense, sound bites and packaging are not necessarily something negative or to be discredited. They are very serious political stuff.